Welcome to the Martial Arts Marketing for School Owner Podcast, where professional school owners gather to hear the latest info on how to run their schools like a pro. Join Gus Lopez of Lead Hunter Media and Ali Alberigo of LI Ninjitsu Centers for another episode. Now, here's your hosts, Gus and Ali. This podcast is sponsored by Lead Hunter Media for all your digital marketing needs. Elite Insights, your premier website development company. If you have a vision, we will make it a reality. And taking it to the next level for all your martial arts school coaching needs. Hey guys, it is good to be back. You're muted. <laughs> All right. There we go. Awesome. All right. Wow, wow, wow. We're here on our podcast. It's awesome to have our guest today. I'm excited. Uh, this. Let me quickly do a quick intro. I I was trying to think back this morning how long we know each other, but it's got to be since like the mid-80s, somewhere around there, maybe late 80s. Ladies. I opened my school in 91. I had my first tournament in my school in 92, and you were there. So like that, it's it's got it's over thirty five years that we we've been hanging out and know each other. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Time's flying. It's too fast. I I I look at it and I'm going like, look, I'm fifty eight years old, and I'm like, wow, like I used to have so much life in front of me. Now I have, you know, I, I hope to be live to eighty, right, or more. Um, but um, it's just uh, it goes too quick, man, and it's already July this weekend. You know, it's yeah. just insane. But anyway, guys, whoever's listening, this is my dear, dear friend, good friend um, and buddy. We, we've we traveled the world together. Mm -hmm. We've been to Japan together. We've been to Colorado multiple times, West Virginia, all over the place. Like we've traveled, hung out. We've trained. We Our schools have worked together. Um, and I, I've been hanging out with him for all, all of, you know, these decades. And he's a great martial artist. And And I say that because... I'm not easy to say that great martial artist. I I'm pretty critical when, when I use those words, because I, I, I see things from my own lens, you know, and uh, anyway, phenomenal martial artist, great teacher. You run a really successful high quality school with amazing students. So without further ado, for the people that are listening, which we already have a bunch of people signing in that, you know, Frank Burgess from Bermuda, uh, Rick Kellerman is online. Um, and uh, he said, I used to have so much hair, uh, you know, Rick Kellerman said. Um, but anyway, it's great to introduce my good friend, uh, Professor Andrew Stigliano, and welcome to our podcast. I'm honored to be here. I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for both of you gentlemen, actually. Yeah. And, uh, the history is true. I've only known Gus uh, maybe about a year, I think, but uh, very oh, beneficial wow. relationship, very smart guy. And, uh, you know, I'm honored. Yeah, well, thank you, dude. And and I know I even in my description of our podcast, I said, uh, we got to be real careful that I don't get you fired up. So, uh, you know, because I know you're pretty honest about your opinions and and you have a lot of them in regards to the martial arts and the direction it's going um, and the way it is now compared to what it was then, you know, in the past. And, um, you know, those kind of thoughts. And you, in fact, you have a very funny video. I show it to my students and it's on uh, the dojo tournament competition. And it's like a good seven minute video of you poking fun at the way the tournament circuit is nowadays. And, 
how people are doing all these weird things like, you know, screaming at the judges and fixing their hair and their uniform during their performance and readjusting and doing it again and again and again and all the things. Uh, it's a very good video and it's got a lot of views. I think it's like a over 100,000 or more views on there yeah. or, you know, so it's pretty, pretty cool, but it's hysterical. Yeah, I love that video. That was a lot of fun. We did that after a test, I think. Um, and there was some parents there and they were asked about tournaments and we had gotten away from it. As you know, we got away from the tournaments for a little while, especially because mm -hmm. um, COVID and stuff just before COVID, a little transition that we had here. And uh, they like, well, well, why? And then I said, well, here, here's why. Mm. I want to do a quick demonstration for you. And yeah. everybody that's watched Arcadas or watched Forms, they were just like, what was yeah. that? So exactly. Right. Well, I had um, I had a question. A, a parent called me on my cell phone. Everyone has my cell phone, which I sometimes love and hate. I was on my way out to a, a physical for my doctor just to check up, and uh, so I picked up the phone and we talked on the whole car ride. And the dad went on to you know, literally school me and how tournaments are and, you know, how judges are and how he should have his kid do this and that and all, you know, the typical conversation where a lot of it, though, I honestly have to say was a pretty realistic perception of the judges and the tournaments and so on. But there was some stuff like I keep telling my kid to do a cartwheel and he keeps telling me he's not allowed. That's not in the form. And I'm going, he's right. You know, he, he know, well, why don't we just add it in, you know? no, I'm not allowed dad because you know, that kind of thing. And the dad's arguing with his kid. And then finally he's like, okay, so I guess he was right. I go, yeah, you gotta trust him a little, you know? He, and he's like nine years old, 10 years old. He knows what he's talking about. You know, it's kind of funny. So tell us, so, so tell us a little bit about your style, your school and you know, what you do and so on. Well, um, I love telling the story that uh, I never wanted to own a dojo. I just loved training. I, I absolutely love training, learning different stuff. I was very, very physical, pure athlete in high school, collegiate athlete, uh, almost had a couple opportunities to play professional um, soccer and baseball, um, but they fell through due to different things in politics. Politics mm -hmm. are everywhere. Yeah. You don't know the right people. You're not getting the right uh, help or assistance. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I was teaching for three different schools. I would go there, train a little bit, teach classes. And all three of them said, why don't you just open up a dojo? Yeah. And I, looked, I looked at them and I was like, well, I don't want to be poor my whole life, mm. you know? And I was yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. And I think at that time, me and you started talking before I just opened a dojo. We were just friends at the time. Natma was big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was big. And I started just doing some research and I'm like, you know what? I could probably do it part time. Uh, Cause at that same time, I was also um, going out for investigation for to be a police officer. Right. And I won't tell you that political story unless you ask later, but it okay. um, didn't fall through. And then one day I was running Barnes and Noble's bookstores and I was doing the jobs of three different people. I was like the uh, stock guy, the shipping guy, and then, of course, I had to head up the, the retail staff. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I can't paid a lot for this. So one day, the, the owner came in and said I was doing a terrible job. And like you said, I have a hard time holding back. <laughs> well, I unleashed on this poor man for probably about 20 minutes as I'm like locking up my briefcase with all my dojo stuff in it. Because on my break, I would do dojo work. And... uh I left there and I never looked back. 
Hmm. The dojo was born in 1995. Wow. Yeah. That's great. And and what you you teach, I know you're you have kind of an eclectic system that you teach at your school, but it compiled of uh was it Mudaquan Tang Sudo or Tang Sudo, right? And um, you trained under Professor Ronald Duncan in the Way of the Wind system and other affiliations, of course, with Professor Sugar Crossan and things like that. So you have an eclectic school, which you call, a, uh, well, it's on your shirt right there, Nagare Do Sogoru, right? But it's uh, United Martial Arts Centers, and um, it's a collective art of traditional martial arts. Correct. It, it, we're very traditional, very traditional. And... Um, for the longest time, I just called it integrated martial arts. Mm, I worked, remember that, yeah. Yeah, it worked for me. It worked for everybody. Up until <clears throat> I met more masters and grandmasters, more um, people at tournaments, and then some people who would come into the dojo and train who have previous training. Well, what's the name of the system? And I'm like, uh, it's just integrated martial arts, man. So right. it was easy for me to teach. And then I realized somewhere about 1998, maybe 99, that the core student, they wanted just more of an identity. Right. So I grabbed a couple of black belts and we helped form the name. The system was the same. The curriculum was the same, but now it had an identity. Right. And so now you're a Soke, like the founder, the, the grandmaster of your school. Um, so, but, and then your system is developed. So anybody who's raised in your martial art at your school is under that system and they're going to carry that legacy forward. I hope, I hope they yeah. will. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's exciting. I mean, I know that I watch your school and I see the forms, the kata, the weaponry, all of that very traditional roots, uh, very, you know, uh, old school type mentality. In fact, your old school, as far as your teaching goes to, to a fault at times, like I know uh, Gus in his lobby of his school, I, I don't have it in front of me, but he has a picture that says, uh, this is not McDonald's or something like that. You can't, you can't have it your way. Right. Yeah. You know, so, and then I know that he's been known to yell at people in the lobby. If they're talking too loudly, you know, tell them to get out, kick them out of the school. You know, yeah. you're really hardcore when it comes to stuff like that too. Right. Yes. I had, a, I had a Google review one time. I, first, I, I don't remember how long ago it was. It was like great school. Everybody is nice, but if you don't listen to the sensei's rules, he will kick you out. <laughs> hey, I, was, I responded. You are totally correct, and I totally remember you. And I'm sorry that I had to remove you from the school. However, we have to be on time for class. We can't walk in 20 minutes late every day. Yeah, there's and other then, schools that will take you. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, people respect that because I I feel now everybody's uh you know kind of gotten soft and stuff like that. So I feel like people respect those boundaries that you set. Yeah. Um, and it, it's good that you still have those because some people would be like, oh, I don't want to get a bad review or this and that. But, you know, we got to stick to our principles and, and stick to our uh, our rules. Well, you, you know, it's funny. I had a guy um, who was a professional football player at the time for the New York Jets actively playing his his kid trained with me in the school and they would always show up without something, always show up late. And um, one time I just asked them why I asked the grandmother and the grandmother started getting mad at me. Um, anyway, long story short, the next thing I know, the dad, the six foot two linebackers in my lobby uh, upset. And he goes, we're pulling our kid out of the school. And um, I was fine with me. Then they went on to bash me on every form of social media they could. 
But I have to tell you that the stuff that they said were like, he expects you to wear your uniform. Like this is from a guy who plays on a football team. Like I, I said to him, I go, they're not going to let you show up in a Yankee uniform, are they? Like, or wearing different sneakers and no cleats because you forgot them. And he's like, yeah, well, this is just a money grab. All you want to do is sell a shirt. I go, no, I gave you the shirt. It's included in the package. Anyway, I got more people from that negative review that people would tell me, I saw that negative view and this is your school is the kind of school that we want. Like, so it worked against him and worked for my benefit because it just clarified that I'm a traditional school that I do what I, I make sure the students listen and I make sure there are rules and regulations, but he was trying to put that down. But the people who wanted that were very happy about me doing that. So it yeah. kind of helped me in a way. So I think sometimes being hardcore like yourself might work against the few that you kick out or the ones that don't listen, but you, and, and let me tell you, I've been to your school so many times I taught there and, and so on. It's a culture of, you know, the students are respectful, the parents are nice. So you built a really great culture around your philosophy. Yeah. And, and I try to keep it as simple as possible. We, we were all, if you trained in a dojo, I want to say a real dojo, if you trained in a dojo with a real sensei, you were taught etiquette, you were taught responsibility. And if the sensei didn't have a, a crazy ego, that kind of family bond, that kind of, I want to be here attitude spread out to even the parents. Mm. And now, like uh, Gus said, you know, society has changed a little bit. Yeah. Some people are trying to get back to it. Some people can appreciate it. And some people mm. just don't want to be bothered. Yeah. But yeah, you that's taught like my, me. That's like my conversation with my friend this morning. It was, uh, we were saying the same thing, like, Students are not like, and, and, and I know there's going to be a lot of people on here that might not even know what we're talking about. They're newer school owners. So all they dealt with is the new people. Um, but when you've been around for decades, like any old school martial artist that I know has been around for 20, 30 years, they all agree with what I'm about to say, or at least 98% of them, right? Well, where um, it, they're not what they were five years ago. They're definitely not what they were 10 years ago or 15 or 20. Like the evolution, or I want to say the dumbing down of society or the lack of learning ability is not quite what it was 30 years ago. Like, I, I mean, I would show a move three or four times and they would do it. Now I'm showing a move 12, 13, 15, 18, 20 times and people still can't get it. Like the simple communication skills, like the words that I use if I use the wrong word, they can't even understand what I'm trying to say. So, I mean, do you find that to be the same, you know, when you teach now? Absolutely. And not, and not just in the dojo, but even if, if I teach abroad at different seminars and such, because of, I guess, maybe newer dojos or newer systems or, or people just not being exposed to other instructors. Like if you, if their instructors use one set of words or whatever, they don't understand what you're saying or how you're saying it because it's not what they right. do. And that's where that ego comes in. It's like, that's not how we do it in our dojo. Yeah. Okay, give it a shot. But yeah. I want to get into that in a minute with the not how I do it in my dojo and how other teachers teach and thought, because I'm trying to keep you calm at first, right? So I don't want to get- I'm, I'm, my, my blood's flowing. <laughs> um, but uh, another thing too that I find very unique and, and it's interesting to me is that, you know, the, the simple things like, and the language of things. So I was Again, with this conversation with my buddy this morning, um, we talked about like neuroscience. Like I'll give you a quick thing. We had a guy on Gus, I think it was on our podcast, right? Where the guy talked about neuroscience, right? About like using certain hands only on, on sparring. 
I don't know yeah, if you remember. Yeah. So this favorite. this guy told you know how we always try to teach like lead punch, lead kick, front leg kick, front front hand punch during sparring, and they're always using rear leg and you know and and no matter what you say, they still use the rear leg. So he said the neuroscience teaches just give them one glove and one foot gear on the left side if that's all you want them to use. Nothing else is allowed to be used because they don't have gloves on that side, so that they have to fight lead hand, lead leg, left side, let's say. And he says, you, you have to do that not just once or twice, but you have to do it continuously until that lead leg stuff becomes a science, right? And it becomes a memory and they break the habit of the old rear leg kick, let's say. Not, let, not that rear legs don't work, but you, know, you want them to train one way. And I started doing that in our school and there's been an increase in, in ability because you eliminated processing and thought and mistakes it almost took it away so i think that we would we didn't have to do that 30 years ago we would just say use the lead leg lead hand and they would do it nowadays it's so hard to get them to listen and comprehend no that makes a lot of sense because i know now it, it's been going for a while but a lot of kids who love video games mm. you know they're so bad at processing or so bad at, at yeah that cognitive attention that they actually would rather watch a guy play video games on youtube I just got a video sent to me yesterday dude, of a Taekwondo tournament. Yeah, Did I you see it? it? I you saw it. When they have the virtual headset and they stand next to their partner that they're fighting yeah. and they both fight in front, but on their headset, they're fighting each other. Yeah. It, I thought it was really wild though. That might've been a really cool way to train, right? Like, you know, um, the holodeck in Star Trek where you fight this guy with a sword fight to the death. Um, but, uh, how do you get any real um, feel of what a fight is like without there's no, that? There's no pressure. Not that, the, you know, people, people who know what we do know that when you spar, there's really not a lot of pain involved. Right. I don't know why I keep doing this. I don't yeah. know why. They're called never quote fingers. Before, they're, ever. they're quote fingers, but we have also an audio version of this that people will never see that. Oh, so, yeah. So when I say I'm hold, I always say I'm holding up my quote fingers so that the people on just audio with no video, they know what. Oh, I that's funny. Say. Well, yeah. for those people, I keep doing that. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, you know, you don't have that. I don't say that the stressor of sparring, like you feel the pressure, you feel right. the block, you feel the movement. Mm. And there's that energy back and forth yeah. where, you know, you could sense the presence of them without even using your eyes. Right. That's right. all missing. Yeah, it's so true. And And listen, you and I came up with brutal training, like. My, you know, my teacher, and when I was raised, I mean, he broke my nose four times. My elbow doesn't straighten all the way because of so many cranks on the elbow. Um, but I, I regret it when I wake up in the morning. You know, I oh, regret yeah. it when I have to blow my nose because it's all broken inside. Um, however, I don't regret one bit of my training. Like I, I knew, you know what? I, I would have maybe, I wouldn't do that to my students now. Um, I did do it then. Um, I'm a lot less doing it now, um, but I, I do think there's a value to that kind of training, the blood, sweat and tears, the pain, because I remember getting in a situation where I got hit in the throat really hard and I didn't even I wasn't phased by it because I was hitting the throat so many times. I was learned mentally sometimes to temper to that, you know, and being able to have the mindset to be able to get through that where most people would crumble. Yeah. Like I see kids in my school, they get hit with a light hit and they fall to the ground. And I'm like, like you, don't, you don't have to fall. I like when they go, I have, I have a, I have a boo-boo here. I yeah. Have right here. 
and there's nothing there. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, you can put a bandaid on when you get home. Yeah. I'm okay. bleeding. I'm bleeding. Look yeah. under my, you see that? No, I go, that's just a, a piece of dust. You're fine, dude. Yeah. Get back in and stop whining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always, I always say to the kids when they're complaining, I joke with them. I go, do me a favor. You have to use a martial art word. I want you to say wah. And they say, they repeat wah. And then I go, ah, and they say, ah, and I now say it together. Wah. Yeah. Okay. Keep doing that while you're sparring. Wah, wah, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. You know, like that kind of thing. And yeah. uh, they, they laugh about it, but they still could complain in any way. So, um, <laughs> So tell me about tell me about your thoughts of the direction of the martial arts, like not where you want to see it go or where you're trying to keep it. But what do you you know, you travel a lot. You go to a lot of Hall of Fames. You teach seminars all over. Where do you see the martial arts now? I am not happy. I am not happy. And and, uh, I get disheartened real quick these days. And I try not to let myself get into that negative mind space. Um, Because I want to try to be positive. I want to try to inspire people, even the people that um, are 18th degree egomaniacs to to break that cycle. And um, it's getting harder and harder. And then you got these guys, uh, for instance, um, I remember meeting a a gentleman. He was a second degree in in a karate type system and his teacher had passed away. So the next thing I get a phone call, he is the, the soke of the system now. And he called me up and asked me if I needed any help. You know, he would help me. And, I'm, right. and I, I couldn't even get any words out of my mouth. I was like, my jaw hit the floor and I'm going, that's like, you know, you're changing a baby's diaper and then the baby stands up and goes, how can I help you with your job today? I'm right, like, right. How that's can I not possible. You? Yeah, let me teach you how to change a diaper. Yeah. So it, I see a lot more of this. Everybody wants to be the, the grand poobah, the great, uh, excelsior of the of the martial arts universe but nobody now really wants to do the training that we kind of experienced with the pain yeah. and the pressure yeah. nobody wants to put in the work or the effort and i'm not saying that i'm perfect because i'm not i'm a horrible businessman even though i've made it work uh, you're not though you say that but you're not but anyway well here's what makes me smart at it if yeah. i need help i go to you and ask you for some information what's your uh, feedback i ask us for help I, I, when you know you're not good at something and you're smart enough to know you're not good at something, you seek that help. You get that feedback and it helped, it's helped me tremendously. So mm. going back to the other stuff, the stuff I see at tournaments, um, I, I won't say what tournament it was, but I saw a whole school, the entire school literally changed their belts to lower belts at the tournament in front of yeah. everyone. Yeah. Who does that? Yeah, we have a teacher that brings his kid, his kids and adults to our school and they wear a certain color belt. And depending on what their interpretation of that the belt is, they'll go in a beginner category or a brown belt category or intermediate category. And anytime I ask people like what their level or time period of experience is four years long, five years, and, and the instructor will actually encourage them to not be truthful. So there's a lot of that crap that goes on. So what do you think about like, people like I say that people try to seminar their way through ranking or they'll get an honorary rank from someone else and they've never really trained in that style or um, you know or they claim to be the 10th degree black belt and their ability just obviously is you know beginner level or intermediate or maybe even first degree at most if that you, you see a lot of that 
I do. I see a lot of it. I see a lot. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on like four different grading panels mm-hmm. for other people outside the dojo when they don't have a t-shirt or whatever. Right. And like, and like you pointed out at the beginning, I am brutally honest. I am brutally honest when they, they present their stuff and, um, and they're very disheartened. And I'm like, listen, I'm not saying that you're not on the right track or right path. I said, but you're incomplete. I said, just because you wrote your name, your name on the top of a test paper doesn't mean you should pass that test. You got to answer the questions. You got to know yeah. the answers to those questions mm. and the test in, and then you're, you're graded on, on maybe on a hundred percent scale. And maybe you get a 75 or a 60. Yeah. There's more to it than just saying, I want to be this. Yeah. I, I think that's the problem too, is I think that teachers stop training way too soon. Like they get their black belt and they maybe like, uh, for example, I, I'll tell you recently at a tournament, the last tournament that we had, my poor daughter, she's so sweet and she keeps her mouth shut. She's very quiet. She was judging as a side judge. And there was this one sensei, very annoying. He shouldn't be in the ring, but he made his way to the center, making a lot of noise, screaming, cheater. You guys are che- yelling at the judges, cheater. So I, I turned to him. I said, sir, how are they cheating? They're giving their opinion. It's not cheating. Maybe it's bad scoring in your opinion, but it's not cheating. Right. So then after I had left, he walked up to my daughter and he said, uh, how long you've been training? And my daughter says, since I'm three, you're actually 20 months old. She says, since I'm two. And um, he goes, oh yeah, uh, how long? And she goes, well, I'm 24. So like 20 something years. And he goes, well, I started my school in 1988. And my daughter goes, Oh, no. In, in 90, 93, I, I started training in 93. And my daughter goes, oh, my dad had his first school open in 1982. And he goes, who's your dad? She goes, the guy that was just talking to you. He runs the tournament. Like, and the guy didn't care, though. But his ego was like, hey, I'm so much better. I've been doing this longer. And meanwhile, how many people do we know that have been doing stuff for so long? And they, they suck. I hate to say it, but they, they're not really great at what they do. Well, like you just said, they may have been doing it for a very long time. They may be doing it. But if you're not training two times a week, right, and that's training. And then if you're a teacher, you got to be teaching four days a week, five days a week. If you're going right. to excel in your own skill and your own system, you got to be able to teach it properly. Yeah, half yeah. These, half these guys that scream and bark don't have dojos. Right, they right. Might be teaching at the basement. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because I thought yeah. about doing it. They're yeah, teaching at their basement. They're out of the loop. They're out of the culture. They're out of the society of, of yeah. trying to do good in the martial arts, not right. again running it from their own ego perspective. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I've had a lot of incidences at tournaments. You know, um, my good friends run tournaments, and sometimes they ask me to calm down. <laughs> um, and uh, it's because somebody does something silly. I remember another school, uh, and they're, they're local to here. I remember them taking their junior black belts off and going in the yellow belt division. And right. Um, right. I was losing my mind. Now I get it. And I get, you know, you got to do the right thing and you got to make certain concessions happen and, and you don't want to ruin the tournament for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Any of the kids, not the parents. Yeah. But that instructor saw my concern and just did that like little evil laugh, like how look right, right. away with it. Yeah. What kind of leader is he really then? What yeah. kind of teacher is he is no Miyagi. He's Johnny Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, Someone just wrote it on here. Uh, oh, Frank Burgess from Bermuda. He said, uh, like Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi said, boy, black belts, not, you know, so not an adult black belt. And yeah. then uh, Rick Kellerman had a good comment, which is funny. Let me find it here. 
He said, I see a lack of training ethic. Uh, I had an adult student and he loved the martial art movies. So I asked him, what's the best part of these movies? And the training sequences, training sequences like Rocky running through the snow, Jean-Claude Van Damme with his legs held by ropes and coconuts. And yet he didn't push himself one bit when he was training. You know, <clears throat> I think I, I'm not sure who I was talking to recently. Uh, we, we had an MMA program. It's, it's, it's hanging on by a thread. Yeah. And part of it's me now because I don't want to deal with the, the egos and the false concept of what MMA really is. Right. Because people are delusional. They don't get it. And um, I haven't seen this in a while. We got this dad. He came in and, and, and he, if you, if you look at him, he appears to be a bear and an angry bear. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. He's crushing the bags. He's working out hard. And I'm telling him, I'm like, sir. So listen, you're doing great. Slow down. Trust the process. Yeah, don't yeah. burn out and don't injure yourself. So mm. I wasn't trying to keep him as a student forever. Right. I didn't want him to get so into it where he hurt himself. Yeah. So I was kind of curious. I said, "This, there's, there's so much anger in here, which I love." And I'm like, yeah. "I'm like, uh, sir." I said, "What do you do for a living?" And I'm thinking he's going to tell me a police officer, something yeah. to deal with a lot of bad. He's like, "Oh, I'm a counselor. I help people." That's and so like, funny. He well, he needed to get rid of all that yeah, crap. That yeah, he was, like, that go he was for it. On. Yeah, go for it. Do what you got to do. So, um, Gus, do you do you have any questions? Real, I know that I, I, when I get on here with my friends, it's like just them and I chatting away about the past, and you're so good at being quiet. So, wh why don't you ask a few questions? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I, I know. Um, what do you mean, definitely? That that I really do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you definitely, you definitely, you know, talk a little more, but that's okay because I, I, I can't talk as much. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, uh, so I had a question. I know you don't like where the direction is going, and I know, you know, in, in some sense, we want to go back a little bit to some some, some stuff that like was old school, uh, like obviously training hard, discipline. So. Like, what was your opinion on like how people can or how the industry can kind of maybe shift back to that a little bit? I know it's probably not going to be exactly how it was, but what are some you know suggestions that you would have if, if you had control of, of everything? That's a great question. It is. Uh, it's really great because um, I'm, I'm my, my heart's broken. I'm not like so disappointed where it's had like it's still there. But I think the people, if they really want to be in the martial arts, if they really want to run a dojo, if they really want to help people um, educate themselves, which I was forced to do. Uh, I, I know Sean Alley was do, doing it uh, and does it still. I have no problem still to this day, depending on how my injuries over my career feel, mm. I will still get on the floor and go over a technique or go over a, what, what the instructor is, is putting out there. Cause I might not have the same matter of fact, a good, another good friend of ours, uh, Sheehan, um, John Busto um, came to my school one day and he was doing a, a workshop on uh, shoe fighting. Now I already have an MMA program and his concepts and his angles, I liked better than what I was doing. Mm. So we switched just angles, the same technique, just a different little bit of approach, made it a little bit easier, flowed a little bit better, which I'm all about that. Yeah. So Marshall's got to keep an open mind. They got to train. There's no reason, and, and there's no reason in, in a, that somebody should be walking around 500 pounds with their belt that can't, can't even cross in front. Right. And, and they are the epitome of health and wellness and empowerment. It's just not possible. Yeah. 
So educate themselves, train, be as if. One time I gave some kid uh, advice, um, a teenager, and he literally um, said in, in Fowler language, I don't need none of that Yoda fortune cookie, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I said, get out. Yeah. He's like, what? He's like, if you don't want my advice, which I gave you from my heart to your heart, get out. Yeah. And he did. He did. He went into a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble all over the town the community. Um, I won't tell you what he does now because it's a travesty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what he is in charge of. But um, it's just a, it, it's a mindset. It's a focus. It's, it's all out there. The information's all out there. I'm trying to learn from anybody, even if they're, even if it's like reading one of the martial arts books, which is by the only, the only books I ever read are martial arts books. Yeah. I, I have bookcases of them. And sometimes I learn something, sometimes I don't. Yeah. But I'm still learning. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100%. And it's interesting, like I wanted to go back to, uh, you know, what you said about the Obies not being able to cross. I remember being at a tournament once and my teacher, Shion Vasquez, was competing and I was his partner, his Uke, along with Sensi Hernandez and a few others. And um, my teacher didn't win. And my teacher was, he would be, take it well if it was legitimate. But at this particular time, he said, <laughs> he said to the judges, he goes, he goes, you got to be kidding me. He goes, like, all of you guys are wearing like a size 14 Obi, you know, like, you know, meaning like the belt is so huge. He goes, how are you going to judge me with that big fat belly of yours? Like that, like he got so mad. And then he took his tr trophy and cut it with his sword and it, it was plastic. So it broke in a million pieces. And then he just basically said, let's go. And like 20 of us, like we're in the middle of competing grab our bags and we left like he was so pissed off but i mean i used to love that about him his honest opinion and how he felt and that was a very legitimate answer like how are you going to sit and judge me when you you know all you've been doing is eating food for the last 10 15 years you can't even you know wear your uniform anymore you know and again like uh you know act as if if you're not sure with something you know maybe sidestep it i went to a, another tournament and the young lady was judging the grand champion division Mm -hmm. And I remember my student came up and he had a weapon. All right. Maybe it was a peculiar weapon. Not everybody knows what right, it was. Right. So he literally said after his, I'm giving him a low score. Cause I don't know what that weapon is wow. to her, her side judges. The, the weapon that she didn't know was a side. Ah, interesting. Who doesn't do martial arts and not know what that weapon is? Dude, a lot. And here that will lead us into a whole nother level. Right. So a lot of people don't know. And I think that's the problem is like when you and I were raised in the martial arts, we were interested enough. Like if we did ninjutsu or karate or whatever, we, we loved what we did. We practiced what we did, but we learned about everything else. Like I always remember going to tournaments. I'd pay to get in and just watch. And I was amazed by Willie the Bam Johnson doing his Kung Fu form. He was un unbelievable, right? Like, and all these other guys, you know, but I love to have a general understanding of what Kung Fu looked like, karate looked like, Kempo looked like, you know, and I don't think the new age martial artists have ever stepped outside of their dojo. So it's a lot of the younger judges that even judge for us they have no relevance to other systems. Like I'll give you an example. One of my students was doing a kata and we have a stance called Sanchindachi, very small, short, kind of almost like a boxing stance and uh, pigeon toed kind of in a way. So when I asked the judge later on, I said, oh, I wanted to get your opinion. Like honestly wanted to hear what he had to say. Why did you not score? What did my student do? And he goes, well, you know, and he's, I'll show you how a stance is supposed to be. Now, look, this guy is probably, 28 and 30 years old at most like 
uh, and uh, I'm going, okay, let me listen to you and tell me how I'm supposed to do it. And he shows, this is a front leaning stance. And I, and not like your guy was doing with his legs short and his toes are pointed in. And meanwhile, that's what we teach our students, that particular stance, but they have no clue that that stance exists. So their only point of reference is what they know and everything else is wrong. So that's, that's the scary part. It is scary because it goes back into educating, want to be part of the martial arts world. I remember being a young man, I wanted to be a judge. I loved competing, but I was so fascinated by the judges. And back then, most of them were matching blazers, pants. They had the flags. They all sat proper. Sometimes yeah, they yeah, yeah. Japanese. And I wanted to be a judge and I had to take a couple of classes, which were like, I'm doing it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, classes. I did air quotes people. So, um, <laughs> and I wanted to be a judge and I realized it's hard. It was very hard to understand oh, yeah. the different martial arts, the different stances, the different mm. power, but I wanted to learn more. And the more I did it, the better I got. Yeah. And I never said to anybody like, oh, I didn't know what that was. Could the right. person move their body and make the technique work? Right. Did it yeah. make sense? Applicable sense. Mm. Um, I forgot. I was going somewhere with it. Yeah, but my, my daughter used to do naginata, the bow staff with the sword on the end, but it was wooden. So it's a long stick with a curved end. And people would go, what is, what is that weapon, that bent bow staff thing? Like, you know, they don't know what she was doing is slicing versus hitting. Right. And, and there's only so much you can do when people don't understand, right? Like you can't teach people something on how to judge. Like even with our my school and your school, our self-defense is much different than a lot of the other schools falls and flips and throws and all that stuff. Um, and then I'll see my guys do these intricate moves, wrist locks and flips and falls and all that. And someone will come up and just do 10 punches and they'll win. And I, I blame it on the lack of knowledge of the judges. They don't understand. They don't know what to look for. They're clueless. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the YouTube, the TikToks, all that stuff. I see people doing self-defense. And, you know, their commercials or their intros are great. Their yeah. format's great. They got the book, the title, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And then I'm watching, watching what they're doing and I'm going, they're going to get people killed. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't yeah, make yeah. logical sense. And yes. they're not combat ready. My last, my last seminar, uh, I did uh, in the Poconos. And I got cut short because the egomaniac ahead of me didn't want to give up the floor. Oh, yeah. You were telling me at breakfast this. Yeah, he had five students doing his seminar. I brought 50 with me into the room. And they're not my yeah. students. They're just people who know me. Yeah. I was ready to rock and roll, but this guy wouldn't give up the floor. And then he did a, a five to seven minute exit prayer speech and mantra. And then my whole seminar within the next 25 minutes was, this is how you don't conduct the seminar. This is how you don't right. act as a black belt. This is how you're not a grandmaster. Yeah. But if anybody, if anybody has a brain in their head, this is the type of gentleman you want to keep your students clear from because mm. they don't have the etiquette, the responsibility. You know, most people have the, 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 the warrior virtues or the Bushido code. We keep right. it simple. Truth, honor, respect, discipline, and devotion. That's it. Yeah. If it doesn't fall in there, then you have to worry about it. But if it falls yeah. in there, you've got to be that. So people I just, their ego, their ego driven, their ego, and it, it doesn't save anybody's life. It doesn't get them anywhere. And Facebook people, one guy tried to challenge me from somewhere and I'm like, all right, dude, listen, come on out. Come on. Out. I'll go to you. I'm probably going to be in your area soon. And I kept yeah. bantering, bantering. I said, dude, you know what? You're not even worth my time for the bantering. Yeah. Never heard from him again. Yeah. Uh, but he would do it to everybody. 
And then yeah. it wouldn't fight. But why are you doing it? You think you're so great. Um, and they just talk more than they act. And anybody can look good on a film. If I move my hands really fast like this, you're like, oh my God, this guy's so fast. Yeah. It's video. It's like almost like a blur illusion. Right. People, people are self-promoting themselves without students, without real credentials, accepting the rank, accepting the belts, and then putting it on. I don't even have diplomas in my office. I have four belts hidden, hidden under my gi. Yeah. People just want to put that out there. That's not martial arts. Yeah. This is martial arts. This is yeah. martial arts. Mm. You know, what you can do on the floor and teach somebody, educate somebody, that's martial arts. So going back to the other thing, this is where it should go back to just the simplicity of training, understanding, not just the movements, but the, the, the people say the bunkai, the katas. Yeah. Most people don't even know the bunkai of their own katas. Yeah. So do the research, be into it, be be real. I would rather hang out with a real martial artist than somebody who does movies and listens to the choreographer. And then at the end, he looks like amazing. Right, 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 right. Exactly. So what what are your thoughts, Gus? So you want to talk any business stuff or you you have any other questions on things? Yeah, I was just, uh, I I was laughing laughing because, yeah, there's a lot of training out there that is just ridiculous. Um, and there's this page called McDojo Life. Mm. And it basically shares a bunch of like funny clips of like trainers, like doing these like weird things. And uh, it's it's a funny page, you know, it's a, but yeah, I, I agree. Like you you can, those people can get you killed. So it's it's kind of crazy, you know, so. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I had some, some other questions here that I wanted to ask, uh, in terms of, I guess, um, like what I know you've been working with us and we've been obviously we, we might like highly concentrated on, on like keeping the quality. Cause I know that's what you pride yourself on. That's what everybody should pride themselves on. Um, but we're still marketing, we're still getting students. So just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on what that experience has been. And I know it was kind of new. I know we were. I know I talked to you, I think a year ago and, and we were on the fence and then you finally were like, let's do it. So just wanted to get your thoughts on that and, and what that's been like. You know, I'm not a risk taker at all. I, I don't take risks except on like motorcycles and daredevil stuff, but financially, yeah. I don't know. I never did. And I, I never, I never believe what's put out there. So when, when I spoke to you, it sounded great, but I was just fearful and most of it is because I've been not burned by business people, but burned so many times in my life by people who supposedly care about me. Yeah. That, um, right. And, and they robbed me from lots and lots of monies to where we're actually today. I went to the, to the mailbox and I got a, a letter from the government, an envelope, and I got nervous. I'm like, oh, now what? What else now? Yeah. Yeah. I opened it up and I pulled out my passport. Ah. I haven't oh. had a passport in like 20 years because of what people did and and ruined my life my credit the the state everything so i'm very fearful for that it's never worked out in my benefit so when i talked to you a year ago i'm like it it sounds good it sounds good and then i thought about later on because i never forgot I'm, i'm thinking about all the extra work that i have to do to get the people to call to get the people to come in how many times I'm on Facebook throwing stuff out and I'm thinking, wait, I'm just hitting the same people over and over again. Yeah. Gus says that this goes out to the media, the mainstream media, and it goes to, what do you call it? Um, brackets of people. Yeah, the demographics. Demographics, the demographics of people. And I'm like, 
this sounds really good. So before I called you back, Gus, or contacted you, I talked to Sheon Alley again. I talked to Sheon Busto, getting their feedback. And, you know, it just the, the again, and I trust them. They didn't hesitate with, yeah, man, it's, it's really beneficial. It's been working out wonderfully for us. So now here comes that thought process. I'm like, well, it'll work for them. It's probably not going to work for me. <laughs> so then I had to think about it even more. And then one day, it just, I just got that urge. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it for three months and see what happens. And then I'll never have to do it again. And I could either be wrong or I could be right. Nothing works for me. Yeah. Right. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> it worked great. And it has been working well. And I know I just talked to Gus and I really appreciate his input. I'm like, listen, it's slowed down a little bit. I'm getting a little nervous. And then, um, but I still see the clicks. I still see the inquiries. And then we're right. trying to reach out to them even more. So maybe I got to do a little bit more work, but it's there. The platform's there. The, the numbers are there. Remember back in the days, you used to buy email lists and all that right. other stuff? I think not, I yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I don't do that. I'll never do that. I'll never cold call people, but these are people that click. They have a certain interest and not one of them, even the people that never came down, not one of them were very rude to me. Like, Oh, thanks for calling. We're not ready yet. Or thanks for calling. Just want to get some info. You know, right. it's been a very pleasurable experience. Yeah. So, and it's, it's still working. And uh, summertime's a little crazy for most dojos anyway, but um, I'm very it has slowed down. Everyone I talk to, it, you know, it's a little slower since like the mid middle to the end of May to the middle to, uh, you know, the second week in June was a little slow. But I just recently like tonight we have six trials or eight trials scheduled or something like that. Um, so uh, all different age groups. So it's uh, and I have testing tonight, too. So it's going to be crazy. But um, but yeah, it's starting to pick back up again. And you got to continue like to everyone else is listening. You have to market even when it's, you know, busy, you don't stop marketing. You don't ever slow that slow down um, because then the momentum will really slow down quickly. Right. So, it, and again, energy, energy, momentum. Yeah. You keep that positive energy. I, I really do. If you put the more positive energy, more positive things will happen or you at least you'll notice it. Yeah. And I think it works well, almost everything and anything. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Some there's two comments. I was just kind of smiling while you were talking, and it had nothing to do with you. Um, one one's guy said Rick Kellerman, he's funny. He, I he, love makes, Rick. he goes, My ex once said to me after coming back from a martial art event, is one of the qualification qualifications to becoming a sifu is that you have to act like an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then he said to her, um, yep. That's how it is. And then, and then Frank uh, from Bermuda said that a McDojo, is that where the teachers are shaped like hamburgers? <laughs> so, yeah. So let's quickly talk because we're almost out of time and it goes fast. And, and I'd love to have you back. I know you do your own podcasting. Do you do it every day? You do a live broadcast? I do a, a, my per, a personal podcast or a Facebook live Monday at 4.15 and usually Friday at 4.15. Cool. And you have a lot of great insights. Sometimes you're talking about things that you have going on or you're venting and, you know, giving your opinion on philosophy and history. So if you could, when, where do they tune in? Just your own personal Facebook page and they could sign in on. Yep. It's usually available at uh, S-O-K-E, Andrew Stigliano. Okay. And, uh, I get a lot of positive uh, comments, you know, even when it was just away, somebody came in and we're not friends on Facebook, so I don't, but mine's open. Yeah. 
He's like, listen, he's like, you know, I really appreciate your, your messages. You're very real. And, and I could tell that you really yeah. need it. And I go, dude, listen, everything is real. I don't talk about stuff I don't know or don't feel. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Me and him had a conversation for about an hour. Right. The one thing I wrote a note quick, and I just wanted to comment on this, was when we talk about the McDojo thing, as you guys know, it, it gets my goat because the, the word is thrown out there by everybody. Everybody has their own perception of a McDojo. Like, for example, I've been considered a McDojo many times because I'm successful. So in their mind, because they're not successful, the only way that I can be successful is because I'm a McDojo. I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. I'm commercial. When in reality is, is that they're just jealous that they've never put in the time and effort to run a professional school and, and do what I do. Um, I also warn people with the McDojo title because I see so many people posting, look at this. Like, for instance, Ryan, my black belt, once uh, I posted his self-defense. He's really good at self-defense in the tournaments. He's got great technique. And one guy's comment was, yeah, but what if he got punched in the face? Like about Ryan. Like, so, so obviously Ryan's fought in the ring. He's gotten punched in the face many times. He's a grappler. He's a tough kid, you know, young man. Um, but we laugh now. So anything we post that's got some sort of interesting techniques, Ryan always comments. But what if I got punched in the face? Like that's our running. I think joke. I saw that. Yeah, he'll do it on everything. And then I always say, yeah, but what if you got punched in the face? Could you do that move? Like that kind of thing. But I think that McDojo comment a lot of times people also who see things don't understand them. And, the, and it's not like the fake guys that is doing like moving their finger and people, 25 people are falling down and. But there was one video I always talk about that was a, a Japanese master and he was, you know, his guys, he, they would grab his finger and he'd flip them in the air. And the whole video, he was talking in Japanese and people are making so much fun, like, oh, yeah, look at his key energy and his power. And he can flip people. He thinks he could do this and that. What a fake. Meanwhile, the entire video in Japanese, he was explaining and teaching how to fall, how, how his students could learn how to flip. And it had nothing to do with him flipping people. He was just putting his finger out there and doing that so they could flip themselves. So the whole video was really, if you understood the language, it was about Ukemi, how to fall. It had nothing to do with him being a master of chi energy and flipping people with one finger. Yet they destroyed, there was like, not, not one person chimed in and said that it was about Japanese, you know, Ukemi Waza falling. So and they were all just making fun of him. And I'm like, you guys should translate what he's saying. And you'll know that he was just teaching his guys how to fall. Nothing yeah, to not, do with anything else. Not everything on the McDojo page should be should be there. Right. Somebody doesn't understand fully my, my version real quick. A McDojo is you are a phone number and you're a dollar sign. Right. You, and their classes are taught usually by 13 year old yellow belts. Right. And right. I know there's one very local to me and the man irritates me. It irritates me so much that he tried to go after my ex-wife on Facebook and verbally. And then she's like, you know, you're really quite a pansy, you know, yelling at me. Why don't you call my husband? He's like, uh, no, no, I'm OK. <laughs> but, you know, he's not he's running a, a, a legit McDojo. It's it's about right. service, like to get the number over seven zillion served. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of them can defend themselves. Right. So, you know, everybody's got their own perception. To me, it's like, you, you got it. You, you're saying you're doing the service. Do it. You know, like teach martial arts, get on the floor, stop yeah. putting your face on the, the camera and letting the, the, the two-year-old um, teach class. 
right, right. I hear I you. I did. I think I did some clown videos like that on. Um, yes. All after this dude. All after this guy. Oh, really? He That's another one. So, much so where where can we find those? Because I want people to watch your video for the tournament. Where is that on your? Isn't it the? Uh, don't you have a, a page for that? Pirate Jitsu or something? Pirate Jitsu TV on uh, YouTube. Pirate Jitsu TV. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop that link into this uh, broadcast right here. So we're about six minutes from finishing. Do you have any last insight? And please plug Masters Unite. Um, talk about this seminar. It's it's number nine, right? In the ninth number year. nine. Number I've been nine. there. I've been honored to be a guest and teacher there for nine years with you. Um, in fact, I had a I had a vacation scheduled, and uh, I canceled it just to be at your event that's how dedicated i am to you and and this and the uh, event so um tell everybody about it so uh masters unite is a gathering a complete gathering and i call a celebration of martial arts martial arts spirit and you could be anybody it doesn't matter what belt you are we have seminars for children a bounce house after the seminars because a lot of children go to tournaments they don't win they don't understand so i want them to love martial arts appreciate their teacher appreciate their dojo <laughs> So they could come in and enjoy themselves, have some food, do it, do the bounce house, go home with a very positive experience with them, them, their dojo and meeting new people. As mm. far as the, the adults go, we have phenomenal instructors such as yourself. We have 10, 10 different instructors this year. And we're going to make this uh, once again, very memorable, very positive. We've never had an issue. And trust me, when I say, if anything could go wrong, it will, it'll go wrong that day. But I've never had one complaint, even when the one guy was sitting there listening to, um, I think it was uh, Professor Worthy at one point, listening, listening, listening. And all of a sudden, the, this patch in the ceiling just opened up and it poured on his head. <laughs> and I, I couldn't help but crack up. He looked at him and he goes, hey, I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the energy and the, and the spirit. People come from all over. I mean, from Bermuda. Uh, Frank Burgess come from Bermuda. We have some people from Canada, Boston, Florida, uh, Puerto Rico. And it's just about really hanging out and enjoying martial arts. And again, it's August. Yeah, and let me, let, me, let me also comment. I think that the, the, probably the best thing, and I've been to, and you have, and you and I have been to many seminars all over the world. The best thing about your event is it's egoless, right? So the instructors, and by the way, I have to say that you have had certain instructors that actually you thought was going to, were going to be good. And then they, they had an ego and you've never invited them back. That was yep. it. They, they blew their one chance. And that was, that's not what you want at your event. And um, everyone else, like you go there, you mix together. If someone doesn't have a partner, they train with other people from other styles. They, I'm trying to convince Gus to come out and, and, oh. and tr come and visit and do the seminar and hang out at, you know, for the weekend or whatever, it would be amazing. But um but this yeah, it's a perfect weekend. It's ego less. It's uh, knowledge based, like the instructor level of quality. Sensei John Oschlager, um, you know, uh, uh, Sifu Greg Zill, uh, you know, Professor Sugar Cross and Professor Her uh, Sensei Hernandez. I mean, you got so many people. You even have a grappling track on on Sunday. And Sunday uh, grappling that, seminar. Grappling that seminar, seminar. You usually have like 100 plus people training kids and different tracks going on at once and the it's catered the food's included um you know everyone goes out of their way to make sure i get my vegan food a salad and whatever else so i love it um but uh yeah people are awesome friendly and it's definitely an event that you want to attend and who's the one guy who doesn't teach 
Um, I don't know. I can't. I won't say. Oh, you. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought you meant someone else that we didn't want to. No, that we don't ask. We don't ask. A lot of people say, "Listen, put me on. Put me on your schedule. I'll I'll do a seminar for you." I'm like that's not how it works. Right. And I remember. Uh, I forgot what 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 which one it was. You had did I think a Hanbo portion, mm-hmm. and my guys were like flawed. They were like, "Can we practice all those techniques?" I'm like, "Absolutely. Let Let's go." Right. They were like, this was amazing. Like they, they were so inspired by what you taught and the way you presented mm-hmm. it, that it inspired them for like three to four months. Like, wow. And that's what I want. I want people to inspire other dojos, inspire food at a, at a, while they all have that dojo camaraderie. We did yeah, this yeah, together. Yeah. And my students love it. They look forward to going because it is an outside event and they get to make, and some of my people have met people at your event and their friends, their face, follow each other on Facebook, their friends to this day. So Gus, I think you should schedule it on your schedule and fly out. And then- Unless we could hang out in Port Jeff. Yes, yeah, uh, it's beautiful over there too. It's Port Jeff is a, a, a town where you could be out on the ocean and seafood restaurants and it's gorgeous. You would love it. I'm free food, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yeah, we're almost out of time, dude. I. I, I thank you for being on here. I hope we can have you back in the future. You were very good. You, you really didn't say anything. I didn't break there. anything. Yeah, you didn't break anything. You didn't get angry. You shared. And that's the way I know you. I, I've seen both sides of you. Um, I've seen the angry Andrew, Sheon Andrew, and the and the philo- philosophical Sheon Andrew. So, um, And then I, of course, know you as my friend. And, uh, and I appreciate you because you are always been there for me, always support me. Um, and I hope that I'm able to reciprocate and do the same back for you and always be there for you. Yeah. It, I mean, that's important too. And then, you know, I remember there's a lot of people that we know that get very angry when they don't get support, but life, life's busy. We're busy. We're running businesses and families. We can't do all the events all the right. time. Yeah. But uh, I, I, for my last words, I would say that to people, educate yourself, not just on the martial arts, but personalities business i mean i went to college a few times just to learn how to work with children better child psychology and yeah every everything works yeah and you're also a, a do traditional chinese medicine and acupuncture i as do well. yeah yeah so you got a lot of knowledge in many different areas and it's great that you share that with your people so it's awesome want to close it up gus yeah and i think uh, it's funny because i think people take that advice when it comes to being a student in the martial arts, but then they don't take it in, in life, right? Whether it be business or, you know, their personal life, right? So I think it's great. And one of the big takeaways that I got from this call is that lead by example, right? You, you can't just expect people to do certain things. You have to be that leader. You have to set an example for people. So yeah, it was, uh, it was an honor to have you on and uh, like to thank you. And it was a great interview. I really, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. I'm glad. I'm happy to do it. All right, man. Have a good day. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great 4th of July and uh, we'll chat. All right. Bye, guys. See you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you for watching another episode of the Martial Arts Marketing for School Owner podcast. This would not be possible without the help of our amazing sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Lead Hunter Media for all your digital marketing needs. Elite Insights, your premier website development company. If you have a vision, we will make it a reality. And taking it to the next level for all your martial arts school coaching needs.